Welcome to Healthy vs. Toxic, the podcast where licensed mental health professionals explore what makes a relationship healthy or unhealthy or even abusive, all from a scientifically informed perspective. Hello, this is Dr. Grande. Today's question asks, can a narcissist love another person? Now, I've seen this question talking about romantic love, but also non-romantic love. On a related note, I've seen a question, can a narcissist actually love themselves? So I'll answer that question as well. And then a third question here, what is love bombing? So I thought it would be appropriate to cover that term here because really this is all related to narcissism and love. So can a narcissist love somebody in a romantic or non-romantic sense? Well, technically, of course, the answer is yes. But getting more into the details, looking at the tendencies, we can see kind of how narcissists tend to behave in terms of loving behavior. And that's what I'm really looking at here, the tendencies. So I'll start with the definition of love and then look at the different types of love. And inside those types, talk about whether or not a narcissist tends to love other people according to that type. So getting into the definition of love. So the definition of love is actually fairly tricky. It can actually be thought of as related to a number of fields of study. In a sense, it's theological, philosophical, and scientific. Of course, science is a component of philosophy. In the scientific realm, more specifically, it can be broken down in terms of biological, cognitive, emotional, and some other areas as well. So again, really kind of a complicated construct to study. Now, even within each of these realms, love can be defined in different ways. So for the sake of expediency and to answer the question in the way I believe it was intended, I'll discuss love using the popular triangular theory of love, right? So this is a scientific theory about the nature of love, and it divides love into different types. So to understand these types, we first have to understand the variables used in the model. Love has three variables, intimacy, passion, and commitment. Intimacy is the feeling of closeness and connectedness that one person feels to another person in a relationship. Passion represents the drives that lead to romance, physical attraction, and sexual activity. Commitment, also called decision. In the short term, commitment involves a decision that one person loves another person. In the long term, commitment involves a decision to maintain that love. Only one of these variables has to be present for some type of love to be available in a relationship. And of course, there are different combinations, and that's where we really get a lot of these types. So I'll look at these combinations, these types of love, and then relate them to narcissism as I cover each one. So can a narcissist love? As I mentioned, the answer, of course, is yes. But the question really comes down to what is the likelihood that they would experience each of these types of love? So when we see only intimacy in a relationship. This is called liking. So the type of love is called liking. Now this is kind of strange because often we think of liking as being something different than loving. Liking and loving are thought of as existing separately, even though somebody can like somebody and love somebody at the same time. But in this model, if you like somebody, in a sense, you also love them. Again, at least in this one way around intimacy. One of the easiest ways to distinguish liking from other types of love is what's called the absence test. 
So say two people are friends, they're intimate, so they're close friends, and one of those friends leaves. So they move to another part of the country or whatever, so they're physically separated from their friend. If the friend has thoughts and feelings of loss, but not rumination or preoccupation, that would lean toward liking. But if there's a lot of preoccupation, a lot of active thinking about the other person, that would really lean toward one of the other types of love and not liking. So with liking, somebody is passively missed, not actively missed. So can a narcissist love in this way? I would say yes, but it's not common. With self-centeredness, which of course is a characteristic of narcissism, we see a low motivation to establish close and meaningful relationships. Arrogance, also a characteristic of narcissism, means that people aren't going to want to be close to a narcissist. They're not going to want to develop that type of relationship. Jealousy doesn't facilitate close relationships, and manipulation doesn't either. So that again is liking that only has intimacy. So if we look at a relationship that only has passion, this is referred to as infatuated love. It's intoxicating, usually short-lived, irrational, associated with bad decision-making, and obvious to the person who is experiencing it, but extremely obvious to outsiders. Infatuated love can lead to both intimacy and commitment. Many romantic relationships actually start off with infatuation. So can a narcissist love in this way, infatuated love? Absolutely. I would say this is the most common way for a narcissist to love. They crave excitement and the pleasure associated with infatuation, just like many people do. Now, the next type of love involves only commitment, so no intimacy and no passion. This is referred to as empty love. For example, an arranged marriage. So the commitment is made first, and the intimacy and the passion may appear later. Of course, they may not appear as well. Also, a relationship could start out with more than just commitment and lose the other variables. So a relationship could start out with commitment, intimacy, and passion, and eventually the passion may fade away, and then the intimacy may fade away, and they're left with just the commitment. So the relationship becomes stagnant. So empty love is the most fragile type of love. And some would argue that empty love is not a type of love at all. And I would agree with that. I don't think this type of love is actually a type of love. But either way, kind of sticking with this model, can the narcissist experience this type of love? Yes, I would say this is extremely common. A number of relationships with narcissists turn into this type of love. This type of love exists right before a relationship ends, so right before the narcissist leaves someone. With this type of love, again, we see it's fragile. It's subject to change at any moment. The narcissist might believe they're maintaining this type of love as they look for a new partner. But again, with the commitment, somebody has to be committed. So in theory, if somebody has empty love, they shouldn't be looking for a new partner at the same time. Now, moving on to the next type of love. If a couple develops intimacy and commitment, but they lose the passion, or they never had the passion in the first place, this is called companionate love. This is actually quite common. The spark is gone, but we have this relationship where the two people still value each other. They're close, and they're staying in the relationship. Do we see this with narcissism, this type of love, companionate love? I would say it's not likely. It's not exciting, and it's not ideal, and the narcissist really wants something both exciting and ideal. If we look at the ideal component, 
we see that this actually lines up with one of the symptoms for narcissistic personality disorder, NPD. We see fantasies of success, wealth, power, and the ideal love. And this type of love, companionate love, falls short of that construct, of that fantasy about an ideal love. Now, if a couple has intimacy and passion without commitment, this is called romantic love. So we see that closeness, we see the excitement, but there's no decision to stay together. And with no decision, nobody knows what's going to happen here. Some would argue that romantic love is really the same thing as infatuated love, but in my opinion, they're really not the same thing. I think this is actually a separate type of love. Would we see this type with narcissism? Well, not likely, but it may appear to be present due to the manipulation that the narcissist uses. Intimacy appears to be happening, but the narcissist is shallow. So they're feigning an interest in emotions and closeness, but they're not really feeling it. They're always thinking about themselves. It's a lot like talking to a piece of furniture. Is a piece of furniture a good listener? Absolutely. Is it satisfying to talk to a piece of furniture? Not really. In a lot of ways, though, it's still better than talking to a narcissist, at least in the sense of trying to obtain intimacy. At least when you're talking to your coffee table, it's not thinking about how it's going to run off to Hollywood with your neighbor's spouse and star in its own sitcom, right? So we have to, I guess, be careful when comparing furniture to narcissist in terms of intimacy. It's not always clear who would win in that situation. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Hi there. I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders. We host the podcast, That's a Hard No, about saying no and setting boundaries. So you can become that true and empowered you that this world needs. Saying no isn't just okay. It's the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor. So while this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy, I suppose I know what I'm talking about. I'd say so. We talk about learning to say no and set healthy boundaries and how it impacts mental health, physical health, relationships, parenthood, and more. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website, hardknowpodcast.com. We're here to help you find your no and say it unapologetically. That's a hard no. Now, interestingly, passion can lead to commitment, but not intimacy. So somebody can have passion and commitment without intimacy. Technically, of course, Commitment could lead to passion, and then, of course, not lead to intimacy. But we usually think of passion coming first, and then commitment. So this is called fatuous love, when somebody has passion and commitment, but they don't have intimacy. This is characterized by the quick establishment of a long-term relationship, like getting married quickly. 
there's no true intimacy, no true closeness, no true understanding, but there's a lot of passion and some sort of decision to stay together. So we see these couples that meet one day, within three weeks they're engaged, and they're married a week after that. That's really how we think of fatuous love. These relationships, one based on fatuous love, are at an extremely high risk of ending. So can a narcissist experience this type of love? I would say yes, and this is extremely common. The narcissist has trouble with intimacy, but they don't have trouble with passion. And again, when I use the word commitment here, I'm really talking about a decision. Making a commitment doesn't mean that the commitment will be honored. Now, this is where we really see the use of the term love bombing. So I'm going to answer that question about that term here. Now, it's an interesting term because it really doesn't involve love in every sense of the word love. And it's extremely targeted. It's targeted toward one person. Usually when we think of bombs, we think of them as indiscriminate. So the narcissist isn't going into like a social gathering and trying to love everybody within a 10-foot radius. They're targeting one person and showering that person with adoration, gifts, attention, text messages, phone calls, promises of love and a future together. They're actually violating a boundary. They're taking things too fast, moving outside of the normal gradual progression of romantic and loving relationships. They're trying to manipulate somebody so that, that person feels like there's an emotional connection and the love is real. The love is special or unique. And for that matter, the manipulation is there to convince the person that the narcissist is a special or unique partner or lover. Now, interestingly, a feeling of being special or unique is one of the symptom criteria for narcissistic personality disorder. Now, moving to the last type of love that I'll cover here. If all three factors I've been talking about, all three variables of love are present, so intimacy, passion, and commitment, we see what's called consummate love, sometimes called complete love. Here we see a couple who's excited to be together, they share closeness, and they've decided to stay together. Narcissists often strive to obtain complete love, but I think this is actually the most elusive type of love for the narcissist. Can it happen though? Can a narcissist actually establish consummate love with another individual? I would say yes, but it's rare. And here's why. Consummate love seems to be inconsistent with the definition of narcissism. What's required for consummate love? Self-sacrifice, putting another person's interest ahead of your own, giving admiration instead of seeking it, feeling secure in a relationship, not being jealous, failing to manipulate, characteristics we would not expect to see with a narcissist. So that covers the types of love and the narcissist. What about that other question? Can a narcissist really love themselves? Now usually with self-love, we're talking about something like self-esteem, not a version of the kind of love between two people. So if we use the triangular theory of love that I've talked about here, the answer would be no, at least for most types of love. One could argue that the narcissist is highly committed to themselves, so with only commitment being available, the narcissist could have an empty love for themselves. Which, considering everything we know about narcissism, this really more or less makes sense. Do individuals with narcissism tend to look for certain characteristics in romantic partners? If you find this video to be interesting or helpful, please like it and subscribe to my channel. That way you won't miss anything new. Now, when we talk about this construct of narcissism, sometimes we think of the disorder, narcissistic personality disorder. 
Now, narcissism runs on a continuum. It has several different characteristics associated with it. Narcissistic personality disorder is a mental disorder and is conceptualized as having extreme personality traits related to narcissism. So narcissism and narcissistic personality disorder are really two different constructs, although, of course, there's a lot of overlap there. Now, we know that narcissism, whether it's subclinical narcissism or narcissistic personality disorder, tends to interfere with romantic relationships. And it's fairly easy to see why there would be some level of interference. If we look at the symptom criteria for narcissistic personality disorder, for example, we see characteristics like exploiting people interpersonally, a sense of entitlement, envy, grandiosity, lack of empathy, and arrogance, all of which, of course, could interfere with relationships. And if we look at associated characteristics of narcissism in general, we see characteristics like being vindictive or having a lot of antagonism. Again, fairly clear to see why this would make romantic relationships challenging. Also, narcissism is associated with a low commitment level in relationships, although a lot of the research on this has been looking at individuals who are dating as opposed to married. But we see that this low commitment may be explained by this overvaluing of certain elements of relationship like physical enjoyment and undervaluing other aspects like emotional connectedness. Now to look at this particular question, do individuals with narcissism select certain characteristics in romantic partners? I'm going to be using an article that was published in 2016 by Lavner and colleagues. And this particular article looked at married couples. So to start with, I'm going to take a look at the theories that are currently out there in terms of narcissism and what type of characteristics they look for in romantic partners. There are essentially two theories. There's the similar theory and the dissimilar theory. So with the similar theory, individuals with narcissistic traits tend to look for other individuals who are confident, ambitious, and they're not particularly concerned with how considerate somebody would be. So if we align this with the five-factor model of personality theory, an individual who has narcissistic traits would look for high extroversion and low agreeableness. Now we look at the dissimilar model. Here, the theory is that individuals who have narcissistic traits would be looking for someone who's easy to manipulate. So putting that in terms of the five-factor model, high neuroticism and low extroversion. So what's interesting here, when we look at this similar versus dissimilar theory, there is no clear evidence to support either theory. So individuals who have narcissistic traits don't seem to look for any particular type of romantic partner as far as personality theory. Now, the particular study I mentioned earlier looked at married couples as opposed to individuals who are dating. And we might think there's a different result here. But these results show that when we look at married couples, there is no type there either. So we don't see a type with dating, and we don't see a type with married couples. Now, this particular study also looked at what they referred to as marital trajectory. So this tells us that marital satisfaction could change over time, and they looked at how narcissistic traits may affect that. Now here, narcissistic traits were associated with a decline in marital satisfaction, and this was over a period of four years. So really just the early part of the marriage was analyzed in this study. So when we look at the research literature, we don't see a clear picture of how narcissism affects relationships from a few different angles. We really need more studies that look at long-term outcomes 
and really just look at narcissism and romantic relationships in general. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of Ars Longa Media. The producers for this show are Christopher Brightigan and Madison Linden. The executive producer is Dr. Patrick Beeman. For more content, please visit our website at arslanga.media. To leave feedback or suggestions, send an email to info at arslanga.media. To find more content from Dr. Grande, including a link to his YouTube channel and his other Ars Longa podcasts, visit our website at arslanga.media. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and should not be construed as medical or mental health advice. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis. Welcome to the Bravery Academy. My name is Emma Ferris and I'm your host. This podcast is crafted to share the stories of courageous individuals who have overcome adversity and found the courage to live their best lives. We'll explore the science of well-being, courage and connection and interview top thought leaders, game changers and survivors. And it's from these stories that we learn what resilience is, how to heal, how to recover and how to be brave.